Great day, everyone. Hello, hello, hello out there. Welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda show. This is episode 33, and we are going to talk about high impact leaders and creating positive, sustainable, and global change. Let's get started. Welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda show, where you are entering the stress-free leadership zone. What's in your cup? All right. So hello, hello, hello out there. I'm super excited. We have a great conversation in store for you today. So I'm going to bring our panel up today and I want you to make sure that you've got your cup. Be prepared to tell us what's in it and we're going to get started with our conversation. So here we go. All right, all right, all right, all right. Hello, everyone. So I am really, really excited about our conversation today. Um, for those of you out there, you're tuning into the Coffee with Rhonda show where leaders, entrepreneurs, coaches, authors, um, we really discuss the ups and downs, the goods and the bads um, of just being a leader in today's world. So I wanna thank you for being here and for tuning in. Um, before I introduce our panel for today, uh, let's just cover a few housekeeping items. If you are watching out there, please tell us your name, where you're watching from, and don't forget to tell us what's in your cup. Um, I do have a big ask right now. If you would share the video, like the video, there is someone else out there who will want to hear this information. Also, a really important part of our show is you are power our conversations. Boy, that was a mouthful. Uh, you power our conversations. So we would love it for you to um, just comment on anything that resonates with you so that we can pull those into the conversation. So now let's get started. My name is Rhonda Y. Williams, and I am your host for the show. I am a recovering stressed out leader, and today I help leaders and entrepreneurs decide um, that really it's time to stop the madness. I also help organizations embrace and create a stress-free culture, and today um, I have in my cup, I have my um, tea, my special uh, tea, and I've got a little bit of ginger and a little bit of turmeric um, in my uh, cup today also. So uh, that's uh, what's happening with me and what's in my cup. And so now let's get our the rest of our folks introduced. Uh, I'm going to start today with our guest and Mark. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to have you here. So if you would, give us a brief introduction of who you are and then tell us what's in your cup. Well, how cool is it for a Saturday morning to be the the uh, Canadian white Jewish guy in this crowd for like uh, <laughs> the morning? This is, is that was that like politically correct to say that? I'm not sure. Absolutely. <laughs> But let's let's challenge. So, hey, um, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'm I'm coming from uh, Hermosa Beach, which is LA, and um, and uh, looking forward to talking about about leaders and leaders. And I've actually already had a cup of coffee. So in here is sparkling water with some lemon and some um, um, kind of lemonade and um, and flavoring and whatnot. So just because uh, if I have one more cup of coffee, whatever hair is left on my head, it's going to like start standing up. So, <laughs> you know, so, um, so and Roz, it's great to meet you and uh, look forward to that. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. It is really good to have you here and I'm excited about our conversation um, and don't lose any more hair. So I'm glad you're not having another cup of coffee. We're good with that. So Roz, Roz, Roz. Hello there. How are you? Tell us who you are and what's in your cup. Hey, I'm Ross Jones, the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we provide four levels of care to your loved ones, sitter, homemaking companion, home health aide, and certified nursing assistant. When you can't do it all, you give us a call. I don't have a coffee cup, but I have my my tin cup. That's and it has <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm like Mark. I, I needed a whole lot this morning. And so... <laughs> I have ginger. I have ginger with lemon, and some stevia for the sweetener. I didn't have honey, so 
Okay. That's All right. Yeah. Thanks, Ross. All right. So, Ray, hello. Good evening to you. Tell us who hello, you are. Hello. How are you, everybody? My name is Mireille. You should know me by now. So, Mireille Tilekima, based in Perth in Australia. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm the CEO of the Mireille Tilekima Global Leadership Organization, where we help people to become the best version of themselves and push them to really, you know, engineer greatness. And I'm called as well the greatness engineer. So really happy to talk about leadership because whatever I do as part of the uh, leadership global uh, leadership organization is about leadership and especially global leadership. So really excited to be here today and uh, be involved in this conversation. Awesome. And do you have a cup? I know it's close to bedtime. So I have, I have a cup. So that's lemongrass, cold lemongrass, because it's, it was a bit hot today. And so that's going to be uh, my last drink before going to bed after the conversation. All right. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So uh, Stephanie's out there. Good morning, Stephanie. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, and so uh, this conversation today is going to be really a, an important one. And so what I would like to do is I'm going to try for the first time to share a little video, y'all. So just stick with me for a moment here because I want to use it to sort of frame our conversation and set the context. So um, let me see if I can just make this happen without too much craziness on my end. Um, we're, our conversation today is about, uh, you know, being a high impact leader. And what does that mean for you as an individual leader? What does that mean for your life? And what does that mean for um, the world at large? And so um, let me go and share this and then we'll get our, our we'll come back to our conversation. What does it mean to be a global citizen? To me, being a global citizen is understanding that everything's connected. Making decisions based on the good of everyone, not just ourselves. I am a global citizen. Only one planet. Loving people is the best way for you to be a global citizen. If we know that we belong to the same humanity, then we are brothers. Everywhere is my country. I am a global citizen. Depending on where a child is born, the access to basic human rights is so different. We can't limit our concern to national values. We live in a world that is inescapably connected. What we do in one place affects someone on the other side of the world. I am interested in developing humanity, no matter where they are found. Ending extreme poverty. I think that it is possible. Everything that has a beginning has an end. We have the energy to do it. We have the skills to do it. What we do does really make a difference to other people. I am a global citizen. Each person must have something to contribute to make the world a better place. That world has a lack of extreme poverty. That world protects and sustains the environment. That world is about equality. That world is about access. That world is about justice. That world is about freedom. That world is about health. We should have a world by now where every child is born with the same rights to life. That is the world we're fighting for. Because the world we want and the world we're envisioning is the world we're going to make and it's going to be beautiful. So I wanted to use that to sort of frame our conversation today because, um, you know, first of all, I want to thank, I want to thank Mark for um, sort of really being here because this has triggered a whole series of thoughts um, that I have had. And as I think about being a global citizen, um, I, I realized that I have never really thought about it too deep, deeply. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a member of the globe, right? So obviously, I'm here from that perspective. But I hadn't really thought too much about sort of moving beyond that. Um, and what that uh, really meant. So, um, so you couldn't see the video. You guys didn't see the video, yeah, oh, but you could only hear it. Okay. Well, we could hear. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, I, I think that was probably the most important aspect of it. Anyway, was sort of being able to to sort of hear what they were saying. 
Um, hello, Maria. Thanks for joining us. Um, you know, as I think about being a high impact leader and a global citizen, I want to ask all of you, considering what we just heard, what does that mean? How do you translate that into practical life? You know, um, it's great, these big concepts and how we're all intertwined. But on a day-to-day -day basis, what does that mean for all of us? Uh, and I want to hear from each of you. So uh, I'm going to start with you on this, Mark, uh, and, and just give us some context around you do a lot of work in this area. What does it mean to be a global citizen? How much time you got? <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I kind of learned that <clears throat> growing up in Montreal um, when I was a kid. And, uh, in, you know, my interviews a lot, I, I love asking people um, who've been influencers in their lives. And the first one that always came to mind, always comes to mind for me among many is um, with my grandfather, who was, um, you know, he was born in Kiev, he came over to Montreal, and, uh, you know, they, um, I would always go for walks for him when I was a little kid, and he'd smile at people. And finally, I said, and we used to call him Zeta, was the, the term we used. And I said, Zeta, how do you know all these people? He said, I actually don't know most of them. But it's funny when I smile at them, they actually smile back. And then some of them even talk to me, and then we become friends. And it hit me and grew more and more over the years, as you hopefully get wiser, that um, that kind of is a good definition of what it means to be a global citizen in the sense of there's no um there's no boundaries there's no um there's no anything except you know em, um, embracing and loving the um the different people that you're meeting and um and giving them the opportunity to do the same because most people really do some people put their head down because they're afraid to look at you some people you know whatever but most people just smile at them they'll they'll, they'll almost go, thank you not necessarily saying it but they smile back and them so that was kind of the start for me, I think, way back about um, that it's not it's not so much about you got to save the world, um, but you can save the world, quote unquote, just by smiling, you know, and and, and embracing people. Wow, uh, and and it's that simple, right? And beginning with sort of the simplicity of it, simplicity of it, and then of course um, you can make it bigger, you can go bigger. Um, but if we all just started very, very simply honoring and understanding what it means to be a global citizen, you know, I think about, I always think, okay, so what country are you a citizen of? So we're actually talking about move, moving beyond the country and the boundaries um, and to just all sort of interacting and being in this world and the way we care for each other and interact with each other. So, um, Marae, for you, you know, you have lived in, you know, different places. And what does it mean for you to be a global citizen? Uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, I've lived in different places, visited different places. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you just realize that uh, we all human being with our, you know, our, uh, you know, beauty and, uh, but also our challenges, our fear, but we, we all connected. And I think being a global citizen is being able to connect with people irrespective of who they are, irrespective of what they look like, irrespective of you know, the philosophy that they, of life that they have, be able to create this synergy and uh, and and really have a common you know a common vision and a common goals at least you know uh, for the group because I, I look at it more as a group more as a community uh, because you know we obviously have all you know the different countries but for me it's really about always looking at the community and being able to connect and to uh, to to really find the synergy. Uh, to be able to go to the same direction and you know which is sometimes just simple thing like you know doing something together i know that mark was talking about smiling back at somebody uh you can help somebody who is in need and uh, and just you know have a relationship that is really positive and constructive and not thinking about any barrier or any uh, uh separation in a way uh, as it is uh, presented to us. Wow. 
you know, it's it's so powerful that, you know, again, it's the small things. It's helping someone in need. It's the smiling at someone. It's that connectedness. Um, and also, um, you know, Roz, it's about understanding that what you do in your life, in your world, impacts Mm-hmm. everyone else, right? We are yeah. all connected. So as much as we are in our own world, we're not in our own world. We're all mm-hmm. in this together. So Roz, for you, what does it mean uh, for you to be a global citizen? I was listening to Mark and, and, and Mariah, and as I think of my global citizenship, I think, and I was writing, just jotting down a couple of things I was thinking about access impact and building understanding of world events. And so the impact from what, what Mark was, the smile, you know, and sometimes the little things have a ripple effect. And then the access was, you know, Mariah was talking about being not having boundaries, being limitless and what we can do. And then building understanding of world events, such as, um, you know, COVID and some of the other things. But not only does it have a global impact, but it, it dwindles all the way down to individual people. So that's how I think of the, the, you know, our global citizenship is that the little things that we do can have an a, a, a international impact as well as the international impact having individual impact on us personally, but we have to remove the boundaries. You know, it's it's so true. And removing the boundaries, um, I, I think most of us probably really just don't think often about those individual boundaries. But I want to take it specifically to some of the events happening in the world like COVID. Right. So we've got COVID happening. We've got lots of uh, civil unrest happening. How do we apply the standards of, of being a global citizen to the big, huge events happening in the world today. You know, if I am a global citizen and maybe I believe in COVID, maybe I don't, I don't know, but, but how do I take those standards of being a global citizen um, and apply those to some of these big challenges that we're facing right now um, as a world, uh, you know, Mark, I don't, is there a simple way for us to do that? A magic wand. You know, um, I once had another influencer who was a Deloitte partner that told me uh, brilliance is simple. And um, that also, you know, I learned about that more and more as it went on. And it, it's, it's never simple per se, but the answer generally is simple. Like a complicated mm-hmm. process to get there, but it is simple. We, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm a, I'm a partner with Fifth Element Group for an impact consultancy. And what we do is we, we, we strategize with clients to align them with social and environmental impact. Um, but for, it's good for business to do that. It's not just a donation. It's good for business to do that. And as a result, we're able to represent them as what we trademark called leaders who care. And this is the point I'll, I'll make on that. And, and um, when we can represent them as leaders who care, we're able to help them attract the very best talent, what we call the right fit culture add talent to them. And so the whole mindset, similar to our whole video series that we have called Leaders Who Care, is um, um, it's come to the point finally where um, leaders can realize that um, it actually is good for business and good for community to care. It's actually good for leaders to be vulnerable. It's actually good um, to, um, and they realized that kind of when they saw that, and to the credit of a lot of the young generation now, every young generation, we all wanted to make a difference. We all wanted to rebel at one time or another. But I think this one is the one that's really going to take on the leadership uh, mantle because it's urgent and because it's important. And they understand what it is to be global um, even more than ever before. And uh, but it's about if you care about your employees and your colleagues for real, like their well-being, if you care about having safe spaces and advancement and giving women opportunity to really flourish in a company, if you really care about those things, you will get the best talent to join you because they ask the questions now. Don't just tell me there's an open door to talk to me. Don't just tell me we care. Show me what you're actually doing um, locally, regionally, globally. That, that makes that difference. And then people decide who they want to work with, who they want to buy from as a result. And that's a leader who cares. What's fascinating is leaders are realizing that 
it's a lot harder to be a jerk. It's a lot harder to pretend you know everything. It's a lot harder to frown than smile. It takes more muscles, literally, and all this stuff. So it's actually easier to be a leader who cares. And then what happens is all the people around you, including going global, want to be with you in that environment. And that's how you can, I know, in short form here, make a difference globally. That's awesome because it's that human capital, you know, organizations mm -hmm. that are really looking to to um, to expand, to, you know, sort of capture the market, um, to do all of these things, to have a big impact. Uh, it always begins with the people. Um, mm -hmm. And oftentimes, I think where many organizations go wrong is they sort of um, look at the, the people as just a means to get to their bottom line instead of really looking at the people as their bottom line. Right. This this is it, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and Stephanie said to me, being a global citizen, means making decisions that support my well-being, uh, as well as the being of other humans, the planet and animals. I recently started a vegan lifestyle because of the impact that eating meat and dairy has on animals, the planet and my body. And so as we all think about being a global citizen and what that means, we have to think about that individually, you know, that little small simple thing that we can do um, in order to really have that impact. What about, um, you know, uh, for you, Marae, in terms of some of these big issues, we've got COVID, we've got, mm -hmm. sort of, you know, um, racial and civil unrest, at least here in the States. I don't know if, um, you know, other countries are dealing with this, you know, mm -hmm. at, at the extent um, that the United States is, is dealing with it. How do we apply the mindset of, being a global citizen to some of these challenges? Uh, I think, I mean, Mark alluded to it, is, you know, the really understand how to be compassionate because as we, I mean, we all mentioned, being a global citizen, we understand that we're all connected and uh, this connection has to be valued even more when uh, when we, we we are challenged and that's that's you know exact exactly where we are with covid is that you know uh, something that started in china is now affecting everybody so we need to continue to come together and communicate because sometimes communicate and listen because i think the the part of leadership that actually lacking in all of this is some people don't listen and they they just want to act without really listening understanding exactly you know how uh, coming together and trying to come to a common you know solution uh, everybody wants to have its own solution some refuse to uh, actually wear masks or some want to do something else and they, some talk about, you know, theory, uh, I, I don't know, all kind of thing. So we need to first sit down, listen and communicate and understand that, you know, the solution that we're going to have is going to affect everybody. So we need to come together as a, you know, for a common, uh, common solution. And it's, it's the same as well for uh, um, racism, you know, and I think racism, it's because people, you know, look at things in a separate way. And sometimes it's also because of um, the way we presented the fact that the freedom, because people have their own notion of freedom. So it's like, okay, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. I don't have to look at the common good and 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 that's the problem where is the free where does the freedom stop you know for us and uh, and how how do we see freedom as a collective group because that's that's really the problem here and that's what we see with uh, with the racism where uh, uh, you know, some uh, a certain community thinks that you know they they should have the power, they should rule over over people, and another community thinks that you know no, I you know I like everything, and nobody actually communicate, and uh, we all kind of you know look at the we look at the, the limitations instead of looking at it as a way of okay we are all in it together there's obviously a different way of looking at 
you know, the world or looking at the situation. Let's sit down, let's listen to each other, and let's find, you know, a common, uh, a common solution for, for everybody. So being a global citizen, uh, it's, it's, it's exactly about that. It's just listening to each other, listening to people who have different views, listening to them and integrate their views in, in, uh, in the common good and in, in a solution that everybody is going to agree uh, on. And right. that's, uh, that's a, key, a key thing to do. And that, that's difficult. I mean, you have all the domestication as well that we've went through, which yeah. is very difficult to uh to overcome because we we've been domesticated from when we were young so and then which come this freedom as well that we don't know how to define and everybody has its own definition and it creates uh, you know all those friction and all those uh basically rupture that we see in society as far as race is concerned or even now with the pandemic the way people uh, respond to that and you know and, and one thing that I can say for example if we talk to, we talk about the pandemic here in Australia what was really well done is that you know when the pandemic came all the political leaders put their you know their their political view apart it was about making sure the population get through it in you know uh, uh, safely and not really thinking about politics during that time. And that was a very good thing and a very good outcome because then we could focus on something and a solution for everybody and not think about uh, the division and, and, and everything that was happening, you know, when you, you look at all those, uh, those politicians yeah. when they are in, in their element. Wow. So, it's all about, you know, the communication and understand that at some point we need, even if we have a divergent point of view, we need to sit down, listen to each other and try to find a common, you know, a common point to move uh, toward the same, in the same direction. So it's interesting, Marie. One of the one of the key elements that kept coming up there, of course, is communication. And there's that mm -hmm. that quote that says the greatest, you know, illusion in communication is that it has taken place. People mm -hmm. because they're speaking that they're communicating. But however, mm -hmm. communication needs to be sort of bi-directional, right? Without mm -hmm. without being able to listen and without checking in with the receiver of this information, um, and then sort of circling back. Um, you may not be as effectively communicating as you think that you are. Mm -hmm. and, and so as a global citizen, if I, I guess if I were to try to teach global citizenship, it would be about shifting from individualism to sort mm -hmm. of the collective, right? Being able to at least shift the lens, at least shift mm -hmm. the view a little bit. So, you know, um, Roz, for you in terms of, you know, the, these big issues that we're having, how can we as global citizens begin to impact them, begin to change the fact that we've got COVID and some people believe it and some people don't, and we've got racial injustice and some people believe that that's real and some people don't and some people don't care and, and other people believe we're just fine where we are, let's just not talk about it and it will all just magically go away. Mm -hmm. Just don't talk, <laughs> don't talk about it, it'll just go away, right? So what do we do with all of that? First of all, you can't be a fool and think it's gonna go away. I'm just, I'm coming out, I'm coming out the box, I'm coming out the gate before Mark, before Mark comes. Uh, <laughs> we can't be a fool and figure that, okay, I'm in my box, I'm in my space, and if I only take care of this, nothing else, everything's okay. We have accountability. We have now, we have global accountability. Yeah, a long time ago, it was just about our community, but now because of social media and everything that's going on and the pandemic and the social injustice, that, you know, the, you know, we had the Spanish flu and all this other stuff, you know, that was going on, but now it's, 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 we can no longer stay in this box. We can no longer have these blinders on. We have global accountability, period, point blank. 
you know, uh, yes, you, you know, we think that we can't make a global impact, but everything that we do has a ripple effect. It impacts six other people and six other people. So somewhere down the line, you may not see it now, you know, or, or in the next five minutes, but there is an impact. Someone is going to be changed. So we have to, you know, uh, come outside of this box. We have to take the, the chains off. We have to be limitless in our thoughts, but we also have to be limitless in our accountability. We also have to listen. Now, I can agree to disagree, but at least respect me enough to listen to what I have to say. Mm -hmm. It may not be nothing you, you, you take and decide I'm going to implement, but respect me enough, and that's in anything, to be able to listen. Um, just like caregiving for us, you know, it used to be okay. It's just it's just these four walls. But now with COVID, you know, um, long distance caregiving was you know something. But now it's even it's it's even greater now because people aren't living in communities like they used to. So now long distance caregiving is now global, right? Because you know I have military families that I'm getting ready to start taking care of. So it's global. It's no longer business as usual. It's not like that anymore. Wow. So we're all in it together, right? We are, uh, we're all connected. Mark, you were going to add something? Um, well, combination of asking, just comment, because uh, this great, great input there. Um, um, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot going on in the world that is bringing people together. We just got to, we have to do it more. And uh, so, for example, um, we, we think not only, but to a great degree, it's the, it's the business leaders who care, if you will, that can make the big, biggest impact, not just money-wise, but I'll give you an example. Um, there's a um, there's an organization in the Middle East called Eco Peace Middle East, and it's Jordanians, Palestinians, and Israelis working together for initial common cause of bringing water to their people. And um, there's a woman uh, that represents the Palestinians. She's the director. Another woman for Jordan, and a man for for the Israelis. And and um, touching story actually the one from the palestinians said that her father's a palestinian politician and he, and he was getting tons of grief for her working with an israeli and now she says because of all they've done he's, he's actually proud of her now that's how you can make an impact in the world um real people and um, to what um Mirai and ross both said it's, it's sometimes it's one person at a time with the ripple effect but you got to start somewhere one person can make a difference and that was a super touching story and from that, we, for example, we have a, a program called Business for Peace, Walk a Mile in Someone Else's Shoes. And what it is, it's a, it's a training and engagement continuum where there's tech and data, there's a program. To your point, um, uh, ladies, about um, listening, there's, a, there's, there's clearly a difference between listening and actively listening. And this mm -hmm. program called Nonflict, which is a pretty cool name, isn't it? Nonflict. Yeah. Nonflict. Mm -hmm. That... Um, coaches people how to actively listen, how to make sure, like Ross said, the other person knew you heard them. And, and it's, less than, it's less important to them, believe it or not, that you agree. It's more important to them that you heard them, what they wanted to say. Mm -hmm. And it also includes inclusion, which is for everything from religious inclusion or don't believe inclusion to women and whatnot, all that. So it's a continuum. Um, What's interesting about it is we're taking that training all the way down to employees and the employees' partners and spouses and their kids to interact as well. Because to make it sustainable around your locally and in your in the world, the kids have to be in that mindset of what we're talking about. So there are ways to do it, and um, if the, you know if the Palestinians, Israelis, and, and Jordanians can do it, and and UAE and Israel are are getting into peace now. A lot of it is economic interdependence, um, but it's not just about money. It's about, as you all said, globally, regionally, what do we all want and need? And then you find out, damn, it's the same. It's the same. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so there's so much there, but let me first acknowledge Maria. So this is going to cover you guys up just a little bit on the bottom because Maria has a huge... Um, I want to make sure we get it in here. Maria, thank you so much for being thoughtful about this, being in touch with the world and have interest in all of our human roots. 
that connection among people, countries, and acknowledge there is a global dimension to who we are. Basically, who understands or makes the effort to understand the wider world, not just our corner of it, and be able to work with others to build understanding of these issues. Um, even when conversations are uncomfortable, we're all connected no matter where we are in the world, and it's our duty to play um, and, and act or role. I love that, Maria. It's so wonderful. Wendy's out there also. Good morning, Wendy. Thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, as I heard Where's something. All guys? Where's all the guys? <laughs> you know what? We usually do have the guys tuning in. I think they're being quiet this morning. You guys out there, Mark feels alone. <laughs> you know, one of the things, though, I think we have to just pause for a minute and elaborate on just a little bit is, you know, this, this, we've, we've sort of dived into communication and listening, and then we've moved to active listening. Uh, and I think it's just important to state. Many times when I'm seeing disagreement, when I'm seeing conflict, there's this feeling that listening is agreement, mm -hmm. right? That listening, if I listen to you, then somehow way, shape or form that that means that I agree with you. And so I just can't listen to you because I don't agree with you. Mm -hmm. But that's not what listening is. No. Listening is just, and not listening so that you can clap back or chime back at them or, you know, then seek, speak your piece, but listening to really hear what the person is saying, listening to pick up on the feeling, the emotion, and then using some empathy and compassion uh, along with that. Even if you don't agree, you can say, gosh, I, I hear you. And I respect mm -hmm. what you're saying. Uh, and you are a human being. And so am I. And like Ross said, we can agree to disagree, but it's going to be in respect and in love. And then we can just say we've got different views and that's OK. Right. It, it's OK for us to be there. So that listening part of it, um, I just wanted to bring out because it's so, so critical um, that we actually be able to have these, as Maria said, these uncomfortable conversations. It is not comfortable to sit in a room with folks um, as oftentimes the only black leader and say, this doesn't feel good, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel good right now. And, and let me share with you why. Or, you know, for all of us out there and in the world that we're interacting in, I want to just say to everyone out there, if you have um, especially in America, if you are in America and you have, because we're going to shift this into the workplace, if you have a, a, a person on your team or on your staff or in your organization that is Black or African American or however they identify themselves, have you asked them if they're okay? Because I can tell you right now, most people are not okay. Most black Americans are not okay. It doesn't, this is an odd place to be. And this is mm -hmm. hard. You don't have to have the answers. You don't need to solve it. You know, you didn't cause it and you don't need to be the one to solve it. However, the ability to be empathic, the ability to say, I am here for you. This must be really hard. And if you want to talk, I'm here, right? Just that acknowledgement alone. Um, and then in terms of Moving this more into the workplace, let me just quickly um, pause and just do a quick commercial break. So if you're just tuning in, you're watching the Coffee with Rhonda show, we're having a conversation about being a high impact leader and really moving beyond the four walls of your organization to being a global um, high impact leader. So uh, don't forget to uh, like the, the video, share the video if you're watching live. Um, and then also, I want to just uh, let folks out there know that, you know, as we move into our later conversations, I want to bring in how this impacts and, and can contribute to stress for all of us. So let's talk about the organization and inside of the organization. Now, if I have a high, if I have a global um a global citizen mindset, right? Somehow we've got to define, like, I, I know that there's something out there that really walks through what that is and what that means. And, and Mark, you guys probably have a lot of this with the work that you've done. But if I am that leader who cares, if I have that global citizen mindset, how am I creating an environment for my team where they, it's, it's lower stress and high productivity, high innovation, high creativity. Because many times I think in the workplace, leaders are so stressed, they can't do their best work. 
right? They can't be as productive. They can't help you pad your bottom line the way you really want to because everybody's stressed out trying to dot the I's and cross the T's instead of us being creating a more humane environment. And so, Mark, do you see that play out in organizations where it's just high stress and then they, they come to terms and they realize that, you know what, we've got to change this in order to get and attract those leaders who care? Yeah. <laughs> um, can you repeat that? No, just kidding. Um, 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 certainly we're way better off than we were you know, 10, 20 years ago. It's taken a long time for, um, for leaders to recognize that, um, that caring about beyond just the shareholders as stakeholders, everybody's a stakeholder and being strategically aligned with, um, with social and environmental impact is actually good for business, as I said before, and good for attracting and, and, and keeping the best, the best talent. Um, the, um, the thing that, um, the thing that I find um, is there's a lot of different, different ways of doing it. And to state the obvious one again is it's about creating relationships within a company. Somebody asked me, this entrepreneur asked me the other day, um, actually on a broadcast saying, look, um, I have a business, I've got employees, it's really tough right now. I've got to, I've got to figure out what to do, I've got to let some people go. How, do you, how, does, how, do I, how does someone get over the burden of, of and the responsibility of sleeping at night knowing that I'm responsible for all their families here? Okay. And, um, and we came to the conclusion the best way of doing that, one of the best ways of doing that, aside from certain programs, is creating relationships early within your whole organization. Um, from the CEO down to the person in the warehouse, et cetera, et cetera, creating those relationships. So then when fast forward, something like COVID happens, um, it's not all of a sudden you have to fire people. It's actually saying, let me tell you all what's going on in mm -hmm. the business right now. Now, if you did that, kind of like an election, you don't wait till a month before the election to love every community, whether right. it's whatever. It's actually, it boggles my mind why... You have four years between every election in the States, but it's only three weeks before that everybody really cares, it seems. Um, but um, but get in relationship, if you got in relationship with your employees, your managers, your people, and you come with them transparently, we're having problems, this is the, this is the issue. Guess what happens? They all bring up with ideas. Like, well, maybe we'll work Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week, and you Tuesday, Thursday, and then we'll switch it next week instead of laying off anybody. Maybe we can do this and this to help sales. Maybe, you know, I'm the vice president of the supply chain. Maybe I'll go down and help doing something in the warehouse. Maybe, maybe whatever. But they'll actually come forth um, together. I almost felt like when I was talking before, we should play that Beatles song. Come together right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but um, that's part of part, It's, again, not simplistic, but it's simple where, Get in relationship with the people there. You, as you said, actively listen to them. Conflict, one of the things this conflict program teaches is conflict is actually not a bad thing. It's just different ideas. If we have no conflict, mm -hmm. there are no different ideas. So it's right. a, a way of approaching that. If you're actively listening, you're right. You don't have to, you can agree to disagree. That's fine. I don't want everybody to agree with me. What am I going to learn? Um, so. Mm -hmm. Develop those relationships, and then from that you get programs, you get participation. Um, you know, last thing I compare a lot of things to sports. Um, if you there's there's um, I did an interview once with an executive of an NHL hockey team, and they said, "Well, what's your goal? My goal is always to win the championship, um, but we're not going to do that every year. It's hard to championship, but our mandate every year is to have a winning season. Well, how do you have a winning season? Great players, great talent, great management." Great ushers, great secretary and administrative people in the office, great person that cleans the ice, does this and that. It's a whole culture, it's a whole team coming together. There's those words again, and and um, and that works. That that actually mm -hmm. works. And uh, and business leaders who care are the ones that I think are going to make it happen because economic interdependence or or getting around the common things that every family in the whole world wants um, is a way to make that that happen. Wow. So I love that. Stephanie says creating a productive and caring work environment is an inside job. What I mean by that is that a leader who focuses on healing themselves emotionally 
puts themselves in the position to be more empathic to their need, to their team's needs or uh, empathetic to their team's needs. When a team feels heard and cared for, they will be productive. Wow, what a novel idea, right? Yeah. Caring, uh, caring for your people. And Maria says growth comes from those uncomfortable conversations. Rhonda, what you said is so true. Sometimes just asking to show empathy, you don't need to have the solution. We don't. And mm -hmm. you know what? As an organization, as a team, we can come up with the solutions together. You know, mm -hmm. I think it, it's a lot that's of- That's a guy problem. That's a guy exactly. problem. That's a guy problem. We've been trained to fix things, basically. Exactly. <laughs> well, okay, so- And so, not show sure emotions as well. So let's go there, right? So we got the guy problem who, yep, you brought it up, Mark, and so we're going there. So we got the guy problem who, guys want to fix everything, but then you have women who want to nurture everyone. Right. So mm -hmm. you've got this sort of dichotomy here of people who are bringing all of this stuff with them and they may not be sure how it mm -hmm. actually shows up in the workplace and the effect of bringing all of that with them to the workplace. And so as I'm working with organizations to create stress free cultures and stress free organizations, the very first thing I hear is that, you know, oh, you know, uh, we, we can't be stress free and that's not that's not realistic. OK, we don't mean zero stress because you actually need some stress in order to be motivated and to do something productive. But what we want to do is minimize the bad stress. And you certainly can do that as an organization. And so that's what I mean. Stephanie's laughing at us. She said, women have been trained to fix things too. <laughs> when I was young, it's so funny, so quick story, guys. When fix was, everything. When I was young, I took my, my, I was having problems with one of the old TV sets, you know, with the big backs and all that stuff. So I was like, well, I, I can probably open it up and figure out what's going on. So I opened it up and took it all apart. And I was like, yes, I'm going to fix this TV. And I opened it all up and realized I had no idea what I was looking at in there. I didn't know what looked good, what might be bad, what was wrong, what, and I had all these parts. And then I was like, I think I just need to buy a new TV. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was fine. That was my story in trying to fix something. I had no clue of how to fix it. I figured it out pretty quickly. But as we are working on creating cultures and getting leaders who care, you know, it's so important that you have a team of, le of leaders that trust each other. So I'm going to mm -hmm. talk about that for a moment. And what does that have to do with global being a global citizen? And, you know, and uh, Maria, I'm going to come to you on this. When we're talking about being a global citizen, there has to be this element of trust, especially inside of the workplace in a leadership team. When we don't mm -hmm. trust each other, I don't, I don't believe that you're communicating with me fa fairly and in and, and good faith. Um, I don't believe you have my best interest at heart. I mm -hmm. believe you are out to get me or you're going to sabotage my work or you're going to take credit for something that I did. I don't want to collaborate with you as a, as a team member on this project because you always step up and take all the credit. Everybody loves you and nobody ever gives mm -hmm. you credit. Right? So when there's not trust in organization, it's hard to get a global mindset instilled and it's hard to be a leader who cares, I think, in that environment. So what, what say you, Marae? But, but I think as a leader, you have to set the tone because it's, it starts with you. Uh, so if you uh, give people a chance to show you that, you know, you can trust them, uh, then, you know, uh, they open up because and if they can trust you as well, if they see how you relate to them, how you respond and you always, you know, on, honor your, your words. So that's actually push them to uh, follow you because I think that's, that's the key thing is that, you know, as a leader, you, um, you, you need to inspire people to do what, you know, you want them to do. And you have to be able to do it yourself. And if you can't do it and you expect them to, you know, if, if, if nobody can trust you and you expect your team to trust you, it's not going to happen. So you have to create the environment to, to have this trust happening. And, uh, and, and we talked about, you know, um, 
I, I remember uh, once I had a, I had a, a, a boss. I mean, he was the leader of the team, and what he was doing instead of imposing to us to those business plan and tasks and things like that, what he would do, he would do every year. He would put us into uh, you know cre we had a workshop, and we were going to be the, the one building our own task and target our own business plan so that we could own it and really feel like you know we are in control and and then we could feel that okay we the the leader really trusts us because if it, it gives us you know all this power then you know it means that you know we, we are valuable it means that he values us he, he value our you know our knowledge our experience and uh, and is and that the program that is going to go and present to the to the to the shareholders to the MD. So those are things that you can do, you know, and 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 really show that that you know you trust them, you trust everybody, and you you respect what they bring into the team. Obviously, there's always you know there there always going to be people that are very difficult to to manage. But then sometimes you need to create a different environment. It might not work in the working environment or because there's too much stress or you, you don't have time. You can bring them out to, to get to communicate with them to understand exactly mm -hmm. you know, who they are, why, why they behave like that. And I think that's also a strategy that I've, I've, I've used uh, so far with some of the very difficult team members that I had to create this bond and, and, and really bring it, you know, then when it's, it's created, bring it into the, the back into the, the working environment. And I, I think that. that's, that's, um, that's something. Mm -hmm. Can I yeah. say one thing on that? Sorry, Roz, just mm -hmm. don't jump in, but I'll, I'll, I'll defer my other time to you back like this. Whatever. <laughs> um, it's a great point because um, number one, if you're a coach of a sports team, there's nothing like for a player to know that the coach is fighting for you and believes in you, and you'll do anything for that coach. What's interesting mm -hmm. that's happening now is women ask me the most this most than anybody when they're looking at a different opportunity. And you know, in our whole executive search practice, we, we look for talent for our clients. And um, and um, what they ask is really relevant. Is um, I know my responsibilities, I know this, but am I going to have the ability to get on a big project and work it and show my stuff? Not just do mm -hmm. what the responsibilities are in a job description, mm -hmm. but you trust me that you will put you will put me on a big project to show my stuff, not just checking boxes of, of a job mm -hmm. responsibility. And it's really, it's really important. And what's happening now too with remote um, working, you better trust your employees because they're remote. And mm -hmm. if you want to work and do some great stuff, then you you absolutely now have to. There's no other way. You have to trust that my refrigerator calls me every day for ten times a day when I'm working at home. I got to get some work and I can't just eat. And um, but you've got to you've got to trust people to perform. And and um, and then that gives then the um the opportunity to perform. And then mm -hmm. from there, so great points for us. No, that's awesome. And, and Roz, you know, we're going to come to you. And so as we're talking about this trust, I want to round up because we're getting to the end of our time. And what I want to do is I want to close with a conversation that really focuses us on vulnerability. Um, and, you know, as leaders and as leaders who care and as um, those who are really trying to create these stress-free environments and culture uh, so that our leaders can thrive, what does it mean to be vulnerable? in this respect um, and be able to, you know, I know for me when I when I, I want to be able to say, you know what, I don't have the answer to that. Or you know what, that didn't go really well. And and here's what I think happened and why. So there's this thing called um, psychological safety, right? And when you are able to be vulnerable, then you're not so worried that if X happens, I'm going to get fired. Or if I don't mm -hmm. have seen as the expert and not good enough, then somebody else is going to take my place and, and I'm not going to have the respect of the team. So let's talk as we wrap up about, you know, how can we use a global mindset, a global citizen mindset 
um, this we talked about empathy, trust, and compassion. And how do we roll all that into showing up in a way that we are authentic and our own vulnerable selves? So, Roz. Oh, I, I, and, and then I just wanted to, to go back to us trusting our employees. I, I tell my employees all the time, just want to tag on it real quick. I let them know I am not SpongeBob. <laughs> I do not have eyes in the back of my head, on the side of my head, on the top of my head. You have to be my eyes. I can't. I don't, I don't have a magic wand. I don't have a globe. I'm not prophetic. I can't see it. So you have to be my eyes. You have to be that for me. So if something goes wrong, because in, in caregiving, I have to de de depend solely on the person that I hire to let me know if there's behavior change. So I have to be vulnerable. I have to trust. And so, you know, showing them that from the beginning lets them know that, right. like we've talked before, that they are the stakeholders. So, you know, in this business, we have to be transparent. We have to be vulnerable. I have to be able to right. trust you immediately. You know, I, I don't have a 30-day grace period to let you learn. And, you know, when, when you're in the medical field, you have to move quickly. Decisions have to be made. I have to know that you are a thinker and can decide on your own. I don't need my phone going off because you're wasting time. So for me, vulnerability is huge in building the team. Now, you know, sometimes it can backfire, but you can, you know, I think you can regroup on it as well and use it as a teaching mechanism to help not only to help the employee learn but also me as the leader you know where where was the gap that i made that that this could have you know could have not happened or what is it that you can teach me because i tell them i said i don't have the answers to it all mm -hmm. i still can learn from you as the employee trust me i can learn something but also too there has to be reciprocity we still have rules we have to follow but then also too you've got to help me because I can't do it all. You know, I, you know, mm -hmm. my mantra is, you know, if you can't do it all, give us a call. But yeah, that's because they're asking for help. Well, I'm asking for your help. Right. So when, you know, when, to me, when they see that the leader is open to um, suggestions and things like this, I think it makes for a better team. Now, everybody's not going to speak up. People are introverts. Like, you know, they said, Oh, you didn't say anything about me, but also too, it, you know, I got to have your help. I got to have your input. If you don't say anything, just like in November, if you don't vote, don't, don't say nothing. So if you don't say nothing to me, don't gripe and bitch about it after after the decision has been made. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> awesome. And so, uh, so I'm going to just share really quickly. Uh, Cheryl had said, yes, Mark, it's important to show what you can do in order to build trust uh, with others. Stephanie says, Rhonda and Murray, I agree. Trust is so important. Part of creating trust is a leader's ability to understand that people have different frames of reference and that diversity is valued, uh, uh, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. For example, a person who was raised in the streets by a prostitute and a pimp will not have the same perspective as a trust fund baby who was raised in the Hamptons. Absolutely. So we're getting some really great comments out there. Stephanie Floods joined us. She said, hi, everyone. Hey, Steph, thanks for joining. Um, and then uh, Cheryl says, so true. It takes a team to keep things together. So that vulnerability, I think, is critical. So let's start our wrap up uh, round. And Roz, is there anything that you want to add? Because we probably won't come back to you before we wrap up. You good? All right. Awesome. Not, not, not less Mark says something, you know, <laughs> and I may, I may have to All right, dive in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Lorraine, um, so what are your final thoughts? And if you'll end by tying it together with um, the vulnerability that all of us need to show as leaders, especially if we're going to create thriving and, and wonderful environments so that our leaders can do their best work so that they can show up and produce for us. Mm -hmm. But I, I think what I wanted to say, you know, about uh, global leadership, it's really about, uh, you know, the, the, the mindset. It's a mindset. And we have to look at it as a, a partnership because, yes, you know, we have some rights, you know, as a leader and we have things that we, we have a vision. But at the same time, it has to take into account the different people that we are leading and it, it comes with the diversity of uh, you know of culture diversity of uh, of think, think you know that we think differently and all of that has to be part of you know 
included into the leadership uh, vision that we, we we want everybody to to be part of, and mm. and and uh, and I think that's what you know global leadership it's all about. It's not just physical, uh, you know, um, looking at countries or different communities. Yes, that's part of it, but it's more about you know diversity and inclusive include people in everything that we do, and and also as a leader understand that you know. The leadership uh, is not about, you know, uh, there's not, it's not a ranking. It's not a ranking. We, we're here to guide. We are mentor. We are coaches of teams. As a leader, we have the vision, but we create the inspiration as well. And uh, so that people can, you know, can follow, can emulate and bring the, their best. Because I think when you, you, you are a good leader, you bring the best out of people. And that's really what you're looking for, is that irrespective of their background, irrespective of the, 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 what they have, you really want them to bring their best into mm -hmm. everything that you do together and understand that it's a partnership. And, and make them, you know, make, make them understand that they have a responsibility as well, because they, in a way, they are leaders. They are leaders. They might not have the title, but they are leaders. So they have this responsibility as well. And so that everybody can, can so that we can create a win-win situation for everybody and, and have, you know, an optimal leadership because it goes both way. And, um, and, and the key thing is really, show this vulnerability, inspire, but also uh, make sure you include everybody everyone. and you make sure you, 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 you include everyone into, into the process. And absolutely, and honoring um, all of those differences. So uh, you guys are rocking with the comments. So Maria said, being vulnerable equals emotional exposure. We need to embrace the leadership model that em embraces vulnerability along with many other principles and practices, including service, humility, awareness, and mindfulness. It's all connected. It is all connected. And I feel like if we can become global citizens, uh, if we develop global citizens mindset, we're just going to be better people, right? We're just going to be people that get it, that connect to each other, that are empathetic and all of that. So Stephanie said, it takes truth to look within. This is the other Stephanie. <laughs> takes truth to look within in order to lead on purpose. Asking where are you mentally and emotionally is key, no matter your station in life. Absolutely. So, uh, so Mark, wrap this up for us. We've talked about a lot today, and that was the idea. I wanted to touch on different areas. Um, but as you sort of share with us your final thoughts on uh, what it means to be um, a global citizen and a global, a high impact global leader, um, then also tell us uh, where they can learn more about the work that you do. I think it's all about hugging, actually. That, that's what I think it's about. <laughs> I, miss, I miss the good hugs. And, uh, and that's both a, a mental and physiological thing that actually happens there. Um, but you know, um, there's a lot of stuff about leadership we talked about. At the end of the day, after, after um, food and air, the number one thing that fills people's hearts and souls is belonging. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you just want to belong. You just want to be loved, um, and it's really, it's really powerful. And the great thing about global is that you can belong to so many things that are different, and learn so much, and enjoy so much, and get different ideas. It's got to be to what you all said a mindset of welcoming all that, rather than saying, "Well, I, you know, I don't understand what you're talking about. You're an idiot." Or something like that. It's the total opposite. It's back to the smile. We've got to be open uh, to it, and open is is vulnerable, and that leads to a, a real good hug usually after the end of, of the day. So um, it's um it's not that complicated. It is all it is all mindset, and it um and it's up to each and every person you know every day to wake up and say, hey, what can I do? One good thing, or one good conversation at least with somebody today, and that'll be that'll. That'll be a major ripple effect. So, um, so just be one of those leaders who care. Absolutely. And so, Mark, if they want to learn more about leaders who care or the work that you're doing at the Fifth Element Group, how do they connect with you? Call, call Ross. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> no, they can. Uh, I, 
happy to talk to any basis with, with people. Um, um, you can look us up on the Fifth Element Fifth Element Group. It's uh, it's um, it's our Fifth Element Group, and um, or you can check me. You know, contact me through through Rhonda or on LinkedIn or uh, send the message out to the universe, and it'll get to me. Something <laughs> something like that. But um, yeah, we, uh, we welcome the participation. The whole point of our um, whole leadership care um, impetus, if you will, is that it, it will make an impact, and um, we'll take it down to the, the kids of employees, as I said, and and uh, um, you know, let's just let's make a difference out there, you know, globally. Awesome. So let's see some of our final comments from the audience. Uh, Cheryl says, as a leader, motivation, inspiration, and in inclusivity is extremely important for success and united minds. Uh, Stephanie says, as usual, this conversation was very thought-provoking. Yes, Mark, hugs make everything better. <laughs> Maria says, a good hug is always welcome. Uh, so Cindy's out there. She says, many needs are around the globe. Also many ways to be a global citizen, monetary, material, personal participation. There's a need for it. Uh, love through pr pr prayer is global and universal and God is love. And I'm just gonna say, that's my mom. Hey mom, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so Maria says, I really can't understand the mindset of separation and not giving a, you know what, a S <laughs> of fellow humans. Yeah, it's, it's just tough. But you know what, Maria, there are many out there, but conversations like this one, I am hoping continue to open up the dialogue foster that uh, that empathy that, you know, really helps us all have that positive, sustainable, uh, global impact. We can start just with us. There's a saying that I say um, quite a bit, which is hashtag, it's always you. That means mm -hmm. it begins with you. As someone mentioned earlier, look within, be the change that you want to see in the world. Begin shifting the thought and the conversation to um, how we can versus why we can't. Right, how we can. If we're always coming from that perspective, it's amazing what we can uncover. So, I want to thank everyone for being here today. Uh, it has been a great conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So, Marae and Roz, as always, you guys are amazing. Thank you, Mark. You are just so much fun. It was such a joy to have you on the show. Very much appreciated. So for all of you out there, you guys know that we will be back here next week. Same time, same bat station. Um, until then, remember to stay positive, be empowered, and always express gratitude and appreciation um, for what you have in your cup. For my panel, stay tuned for just a moment. For everyone else, uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, next week. Bye, everyone.